narrative is funded by viewers like you. Support our independent journalism at patreon.com forward slash narrative. Everybody. Welcome to Narrative Live. It's a Tuesday evening at 7 o'clock on the East Coast, 4 o'clock on the West Coast. And we're having a really interesting show tonight about Kyle Rittenhouse. We're going to explore who he is in terms of the shooting that happened in, in Kenosha, but also how he might be being used by the uh, apparatus around Donald Trump and the GOP in order to fuel divisions in our country. Uh, and I want to welcome to our show tonight, Don Lewis, who's been an advocate fighting to expose all of these things about um, about Kyle Rittenhouse and particularly his lawyer. Don, welcome to the show. How are you, Zef? Good. Thanks for having me on. I'm great, and thanks for coming on. It's terrific to have you on, and you've done some great work, as you'll find out throughout the hour. Uh, Nina Berlees here, and how are you, Nina? I'm well, thanks. How are you, Zeb? I'm really well. It's how's uh, how's the middle of the country, as you pointed out? What did you call it? The rural, the rural Pennsylvania. Well, it appears that internet's a bit slow up here tonight, and uh, we had a weird power outage, clear day power outage yesterday, which oh, really? had my heart, I had my heart stop for just a second oh, because I thought, you know. Our foot, nuclear football is not in good hands right now. And I had a paranoid second, but uh, it was it's un, an unexplained little power outage up in upstate New York. But uh, other than that, all is good. Well, it's good, to, it's good to know you've got power back, and it's good to know that we're not in the middle of a power of, uh, grid attack. And LB's here. Good morning, LB. Good morning. I was going to say how great your thing was this morning um, on, on the Flyerside chat. But good evening. LB, how are you doing? Good evening. <laughs> I'm great. I'm happy to be here. If you guys haven't checked out the Flyerside chats every it's every morning now, really, I think that LB does. It's a stream of consciousness unlike any other you'll ever, ever hear and well worth everybody's time. And today's was, was particularly good. Um, what time do you do that, yeah. by the way? I usually, I do it, I, I, I really do truly wake up and turn on the thing and I wow. go... Um, so I'm normally up around, oh, I'm freezing. It happens. I'm normally up around, it happens. Yeah. I like the finger there. That's pretty good. <laughs> uh, usually about five o'clock because I do, I do like to have my coffee, a little bit of coffee, but if I pay attention to the news or I look too much on Twitter or I do anything like that, uh, I lose my thoughts. So this really so, is your first yeah. thoughts in the morning. It must be very revealing and yeah. healing uh, to go through that. You underlined uh, to me tonight that we should absolutely cover the um, the cabinet appointments or to be cabinet appointments of President-elect Biden uh, for the for his national security positions, yeah. uh, and it is big news. But you know, it's big news because it's not really that exciting news. It's you know, <laughs> it's kind of just normal, <laughs> traditional stuff that's been going on. It's not, um, it's like, the, yeah. you know, the kind of politics you get in Canada. It's interesting, but it's not something you have to focus on 24 seven, like you might have had to do in the Trump administration. But we should right. say, we should say these guys are particularly skilled um, cabinet yeah. secretaries. Do you, do you have anything yeah, you want to say that. about them? Or I can um, ask the wrinkle. Not really. I, I, I have like a weird thing to share about it. Um, mm. In that there's a, and I've lost it on my phone, but there was a thread, a very short thread written by uh, someone, and I will pin it 
And if I if my phone unfreezes and my thing unfreezes, I'm having internet trouble, guys. Sorry. Um, I, I will remind everyone. I'll post it. But it's about it's a it's a historical story about Blinken's stepfather mm-hmm. and how he was rescued um, and who rescued him from the Nazi camps. And um, it's just so, it's beautifully told. And we do need these stories. These are the heart stories that always come out around people and around cabinet appointments. But it does help you kind of say, okay, I'm getting a sense of the paradigm that this person is coming from and perhaps what their focus may be. Um, or it's just propaganda. I don't know. But this is it was Blinken's, a nice Blinken's grandparents, or <laughs> I think his father, his step, what oh, became his stepfather. Yeah. I mean, he, he has yeah, a, a long, a long history, and his family has a big history in terms of World War Two, and and yeah. playing. Uh, I think was the was he the was his father the ambassador to the United Nations, or I can't remember to Hungary. To Hungary, Hungary. okay, okay, Hungary. There okay, you go. See. Uh, and then I'm really excited about Avril Haynes taking over DNI because it'll. I, yes. I, I like intelligence actually, you know, being watched over carefully um, versus yes. being watched over by the Russians. So that's that's going to be good. And the first. Uh, well, President, President Lincoln is also a good touch point because didn't Donald Trump say that he's been the um, best president for, for black Americans since Abraham Lincoln? I think that was, that was one, of my, one of his many insanely false and actually offensive claims, but I'm pretty sure he said that. I mean, what are we going to do? It's going to be so dull and boring in the next uh, in the next oh, administration. Gonna what sleep. are we going to do? We're going to go to sleep. It's like going to a spa. Yeah. I mean, it'll be nice for a couple of days, but after four days, you're going to be like, you know, I need something. I need some. Yeah, no more. Well, you know what? It's similar, it's, it's similar to I've, I've lived in New York my entire life and and I've, other than school. And, and I once went to uh, St. Thomas. One of my best friends from law school grew up in St. Thomas. Oh. And I went there for a week or two and I absolutely loved it. It was so serene. And when I got back, I was talking to my Australian roommate and I said, you know, I could live there. It's it's so amazing. And he went to his deep bossy accent, which I can't do. And he said, no, you couldn't. You lived in New York whole life and you're crazy. And when month of having nothing to do, you would lose your mind and be kind of nuts. And it's kind of like the same effect as what we've been under, you know, with this Trump administration. It's like PTSD to a, to a degree. I think so. It'll be, I mean, I don't, I don't know how I'll cope, but I'll do my best. Anyhow, let's move on to, to Kyle Rittenhouse, because um, those are great, okay. great people, and I'm sure they'll do great work in their various cabinet positions. But, you know, it was only August 26th uh, this year when uh, Kyle Rittenhouse went from sort of a, a typical, maybe, to maybe not so typical Illinois high school student to being a somewhat of a national figure. Um, that's when he gunned down three people, killing two of them um, in Kenosha, Wisconsin, which is where they were having those um, those riots in response to Jacob Blake. The shooting captured everyone's attention and it, he became a national sensation. And he also got $2 million in a bail. At least that was the bail amount that they wanted. And that $2 million was paid off last week. And we were all surprised by the fact that it was paid off by, you know, a group of people that included Ricky Schroeder, the um, My Pillow guy, and also some church, um, you know, indigo kind of funding thing that they do. Um, I can't remember the name, but I'll show it to you in a second. But, you know, $2 million is a lot of money. But why we're mostly fascinated, at least from our perspective, about Kyle Rittenhouse is he also happens to share the same legal team as Donald Trump, or pretty much 
share the same legal team as Donald Trump. And the other one of his lawyers is a good friend of of Rudy Giuliani. So we'll find out all about that today. Um, But I want to get Don's reaction to the the bail hearing specifically, and then we'll start the timeline and go back to where the story began uh, in Kenosha. One of the big um, questions I see going around on social media is, how did they come up with the two million? Who would have put in the two million? I mean, it it was pretty obvious from the outset what happened here. Um, You know, the, the lawyers involved who you've mentioned who were also tied to Trump started a foundation, which I believe was actually formed in June or July, called the Fight Back Foundation, Fight Back Foundation, which was to fight the lies of the radical left or something like that. So the Rittenhouse shooting happens, and then John Pierce, who's one of the lawyers, if you look at his Twitter, he immediately solicited the representation. He said, "Somebody get me to this family." Um, he got involved, um, and what they immediately started doing was fundraising through the foundation. Um, and one of the causes was to you know help with the Kyle Rittenhouse trial. So when people wonder where did that two million come from? How did they pay it? There's been an organization run by these lawyers since August. You know, it, start, it was founded earlier. They started raising for Rittenhouse and other things on August 26th. That's been raising money. However, they raised money primarily, at least that I've seen, is they're very active on social media. You know, whipping people up and trying to have the money come in. Um, and you know, one of the you know interesting things about the fundraise is that. The Fight Back Foundation had disclosed on, I believe, September 29th that they'd already raised $2.1 million. They also, I believe, disclosed that they'd taken $500,000 from another fund, so that's $2.6 million. At that point, they stopped disclosing the dollar amounts publicly. They said more than two point one. So from September 29 until he was bailed out roughly you know, mid-November, you know, how much more money was raised, what did it go to? And, you know, a lot of people ask, why did it take so long to, you know, to get him out if all that money had, had come in? But the short answer is to the money is the lawyers started this foundation to fight the radical left. Um, and they've been raising money and, you know, all the way back on September 29, it was, I believe, $2.6 million, And they finally, you know, came forward and bailed him out. So that's where the money came from. And a number of people are unclear on that on that point. So this 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 picture here, is, this is Kyle in the middle here, uh, and then you've got on the left side, uh, this is this is uh, this is Pierce, John Pierce, his lawyer, right? Is that correct? That's correct. And and you know John Pierce because. So I know John Pierce. We actually went to law school together, uh, class of two thousand, and then I worked at his law firm. Um, for, 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 for a bit in 2018, uh, you know, I'm in adverse circumstances, uh, with them, you know, that I won't get into detail here because, because, because it's ongoing litigation. But the, the, the main, the main issue is that, you know, Pierce's law firm, um, had, you know, has tremendous issues. Just give a couple of quick data points, uh, from, they started getting a litigation funder. It's basically an entity that gives money to law firms to pursue litigation, that started giving them money on April 2019. By April 2020, there were reports that that funder was owed $65 million. During that year, this is a litigation firm, they didn't win a single trial. Right? They had a $50 million lawsuit against Hillary Clinton uh, by Tulsi Gabbard, lost. They had a $50 million lawsuit, I think, uh, against Google, I think it was, for, for, for Tulsi Gabbard, it was lost. They had a $50 million lawsuit for a Russian oligarch. That was lost, and it's under appeal. Which one? And it was just a consistent, you know, losing 
losing and losing of cases. Um, the other data points are that you have a $65 million owed to this litigation funder named Barrage Capital Management. On top of that, since the year 2020, Pierce's firm has been sued by, and he changed the name of the firms, but that's the technicality. But the firm has been sued by five uh, vendors of legal services. Two of them say that they were not paid you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars since 2018. They've been sued by four cash advance lenders. The cash advance lenders, it, the, the main funder of Arage has come forward in those cases and asserted priority interests, which basically means in order to get the Varage money, Pierce Bainbridge pledged certain collateral, which were allegedly or purported future firm receivables, and Pierce and or the firm went to four other entities, got money off the same receivable, and paid. So there's five vendor lawsuits, uh, four cash advance lawsuits, you know, I have lawsuits, someone else has lawsuits, but then on top of that, John Pierce had in his, uh, his you know, marital proceedings where the documents are public, as of November 2019, he filed an income and expense statement. According to the income and expense statement that he prepared in November 2019, he owed over $1 million in taxes. He owed Citibank $90,000. He owed his ex-wife's mother uh, $27,000. So you were looking at a person who's under severe professional and personal financial duress. The Rittenhouse case pops up. He, according to his own tweets, looks like he chased it down. That's people have said have chased the representation. And then immediately gets online if you go through his Twitter page and is riling people up and, you know, pushing, pushing hard for these funds to come in. So there's been some questions raised about, you know, what exactly is actually going on with the money because you have a person who the initial law firm was Pierce, Bainbridge, Beck, Price, and Act. On May 20th, Pierce changed the name to Pierce, Bainbridge, PC, and then he's going around saying that because it's a new name, Pierce Bainbridge PC, his law firm doesn't have any debt. Although, you know, his prior law firm had a reported $70 million debt amassed in one year when they didn't win a single case. So he's got some financial issues and and now he's doing um, the, the, the this fundraising. I wanted you to answer LB's question there about which Russian oligarch, I think you were asking LB, is that what you were asking about? Yeah. Uh, which Russian oligarch uh, are we talking about? Uh, there, there's a there's a Russian oligarch that's connected to Pierce. His name is Sergey Grishin. Um, the connection really is, and that's as far as I'll go, is Pierce, just to give you more on Pierce, Pierce was at another law firm named Carroll Gates in 2016. According to a sworn declaration his wife put in, in their proceedings, Pierce was dismissed from the K&L Gates law firm because he physically assaulted another coworker, which other people have confirmed for me. Um, in between that and Pierce Bainbridge, which he started in 2017, which is a little known fact, Pierce was in-house counsel for Sergey Grishin Venture Capital Fund. Okay. All right, so then 2017 or so, Pierce starts his firm, Pierce Bainbridge, which again now, you have a $70 million debt, all this money from funders, you know, talking about all this great litigation, a SEAL Team 6 with a win every case, in three plus years, that firm won one trial, and it's a litigation of like specialized firm with a net verdict of $500,000, and it was a case about mom and pop ice cream sandwiches. Other than that, they, you know, there was no successful trials. Now- But he was in an in-house September counsel for this, for, for Sergey? 
referring to an article in Bloomberg. Wow. Yeah, there's an article in Bloomberg that says for the for the for the, for the Grishin Venture Capital Fund, which eventually changed names between 2016 and 2017, Pierce was the in-house counsel. The relationship continues when I believe in September 2018, um, Grishin hired uh, the firm Pierce Bainbridge to be his counsel in, in ongoing litigation. Um, and you know that, and then you know Pierce Bainbridge was counsel for Grishin until maybe mid this year. You know, by mid this year, Pierce Bainbridge had completely, you know, went from about seventy attorneys in uh in September two thousand nineteen to about five by May two thousand twenty. You know, partners fled to a bunch of other firms, um, where they started their own firms and. Grishin now is represented by another firm named Withers Bergman, which uh, there's another partner from Pierce Bainbridge named Amon Khan. Amon was the Los Angeles office managing partner. Grishin is now at Withers Bergman or Withers Worldwide with Amon Khan. Hmm. LB, does that name ring a bell to you? It does not off the top of my head, but Hmm. that's okay. Yeah. Well, you know, there's uh, lots of Russians and and there's Russian oligarchs and they need lawyers. So there's nothing necessarily untowards going on there. But uh, that night what when... What sector? Can I ask real quick? What was his... What's he an oligarch of? <laughs> Is it... I don't know a ton about, it, about his business. Okay. So here's the, the tweet that was put out by... Uh, by Pierce on the night asking basically for someone to get Kyle Rittenhouse to to contact him because he was going to bring uh, he'll fly up there tonight and I will handle this defense with the team of the best lawyers in the United States or so he claimed um, and in fact you know he's a big shot to to go to, to go and get a, a client like Rittenhouse this is not the kind of stuff he normally does this is out of the ordinary for John Pierce is that correct <laughs> Oh, yeah, this is definitely out of the ordinary. A huge threshold point is that Kyle Rittenhouse is facing charges for double murder, right? Mm. John Pierce is a civil lawyer. To my knowledge, he's never done a criminal, he's never done a criminal case, period. He's never done a murder trial. And actually, um, there was an article in the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel um, where he was asked about this, and his response was something along the lines of, it doesn't matter if I'm a specialist in this. I just win cases. <laughs> and, you know, based on the track record of his firm for three years, uh, that doesn't really seem to be a completely honest statement. The threshold point that should resonate with everybody is John Pierce is a civil litigator, mm-hmm. right? He is right. not a criminal lawyer. And you're not talking any criminal cases anybody could surmise. You're talking a double murder. I just looked up Sergey Grishin, mm-hmm. and uh, this probably will ring a bell with you, LB. It says he um, was the president chairman of Ross Evro Group, co-owned the uh. Ross Evro Bank, a.k.a. the laundromat, <laughs> and it claimed that he practically brought the Russian banking system to collapse in the 1990s. I see. Oh, you know I have to look at the spelling. Yeah, I got to oh. look at the spelling. Oh. Let me look at the spelling. Oh, so it's a little Russian laundromat that he was in-house counsel for. Okay. Russian-American. <laughs> 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 it was a bank he owned in Russia. And, um, you know, the, the venture capital fund was here. And I will say, you know, that, that you know he, he has taken um, a strong position, um, you know, that those articles are, are, are 
not true. So you can take what you what you want with that. But you say in a pretty strong position that. that those articles. Are <laughs> yeah, they always say that. Then there. I go find their money in the offshore laundry matter, like whatever. Yeah. You know? So this guy's a, this guy's an interesting lawyer to choose um, for Rittenhouse to choose as to, as his uh, defense lawyer. And the other guy that he's def- that is defending him is another Trump lawyer. This is a uh, uh, what's the guy's name? Lynn, I think is his last name. Lynn Wood. You, know, you want to just, just go Pierce really, yeah. really more quickly to just try to Trump thing to Pierce. So yeah. Pierce starts this basically. You can only, I worked there. You can call it like a fly by night law firm that's winning nothing. Another interesting fact to tie to Trump is, you know, law firm that ran up a reported seventy million dollar debt only had a five hundred thousand dollar you know verdict win was a net. During the course of Pierce's time there, Rudy Giuliani became a client. Mark Lucchese, who Yahoo was represented as the lawyer at the center of Trump's universe, was a lawyer, actually, in my cases. But to Mark Lucchese, he quit citing ethical concerns with continued, continued representation. One of the things I always say colorfully, which is true, and I think anybody, regardless of political leanings, would agree with this. If somebody who's very close to Team Trump is quitting for ethical reasons, <laughs> it must be pretty bad. Um, on top of that, you know, they, they represented George Papadopoulos. Oh, wow. uh, they've represented oh, Carter Page. Carter Page. The Democratic National Committee for, for, for Tulsi Gabbard. They sued Hillary Clinton for Tulsi Gabbard. So, if you know, Pierce is not the name player that Linwood is, who you're going to get into. Linwood is kind of a known entity. Most people didn't know I'm, Pierce. I'm looking at that this, right now. But, yeah, I'm looking at Wood right now. Right, but that's just like, you know, that is a background that's worth having in this conversation, right? right? That's a lot of GOP ties and a lot of big cases for a firm that really was having a level of success. And one other interesting data point I'll put out is that not only were these people hiring the firm, but they were promoting the firm. Like when Giuliani hired Pierce Bainbridge, he tweeted about it. When George Papadopoulos hired Pierce Bainbridge, he tweeted about it. Carmi Dillon, which name you may not know, is oh, a I lawyer know. in California who's mm-hmm. she she was on a, something called a co chair of women for Trump. There was a big fundraiser for Trump in September 2019 in San Francisco. She was heavily involved. Carmi Dillon tweeted about doing stuff with Pierce Bainbridge. So the one thing I take from all of those tweets is like, I don't know in what universe, you know, in Rudy Giuliani's day, whatever people think about and what's going on now that he's taking time out to go to his computer and tweet about the law firm he retained. It's just not a normal, it's not a normal thing, at least in my opinion. No, no, not at all. Doesn't this, this, uh, what it reminds me of is uh, Bannon and um, his wall. Uh, the wall fund. Right. Yeah. That's, uh, I mean, that, isn't it, yeah. it, it could be, it could be ideological or it could be just with these guys. It could be just straight up money. It's the it audacity of greed. It's that's, that's yeah. the audacity of greed. That, that's Absolutely. You take a look, if you take a read through, you know, just let them speak for themselves. If you take a read through Pierce's posts on Twitter, uh, you take a look, 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 look through the others associated with this post on Twitter you know, it, it's it's pretty interesting the stuff um, they're putting out to speak to your to to your point. I you know the one other thing about you know just to go further with the GOP ties is so the Fight Back Foundation was you know to raise money to go after the radical left, raise money for Rittenhouse. Um, at some point, a few days before the extradition hearing, they had what they deemed a low country fundraiser. And that was in Atlanta, I believe. And it was a fundraiser that the Fight Back Foundation threw to raise money for Doug Collins in his senatorial campaign down there. 
Oh. Doug Collins has a separate picture called the Collins Crew, who's supporting him. Um, and the Collins Crew is Papadopoulos is in the picture, Carter Page is in the picture. Oh, yeah, I know this picture. picture. Wow. <laughs> and, 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 I've tweeted this out. Give you more for the ties and the close to Giuliani. Yeah. When they started the Fight Back Foundation, Pierce was announced as being on the board, right? The Daily Beast, it was Will Summer, did a, you know, a, a very solid article which exposed a lot of these financial things I mentioned. Pierce was forced to step down, or he stepped down, I don't know, forced, but he stepped down. Um, so he his place was off the board. You know who came in and replaced Pierce on the board? Or, or the new person on the board? I don't know if he's going to replace, but Pierce was out. The new person who's in is Bernie Carrick. Oh. And Bernie Carrick, for people who don't know, is close to Rudy Giuliani since, you know, way back when in New York in like yeah. 1995. Bernie Carrick is a gangster and a fraud. Yeah. yeah. He's a gangster and a fraud. Right. Yeah. And he was and, and sidekick and Giuliani's sidekick for a long time. So, um, person for the Collins crew, just so people know who that's cachet is, uh, you know, even though he's not in the Collins crew, about the same time that Low Country fundraiser and all those people, Roger Stone announced publicly that he was going to be helping Collins' campaign for the seat. So it's the usual crew of Russian and other uh, allied operatives here that uh, like to mess up elections and get people like Donald Trump elected. Um, who we also have a, we have a name for them. Remember? What do we call? Them. What do we call those guys? You called them something really the, special. I call them the fuckaloos. The fuckaloos. Yeah. Oh, that's I thought, like the bookaboos boys, but they're the fuckaloos. Right. Yeah. They're also the fuckateers for a little bit. Here. Well, no, the fucketeers <laughs> are something else. The fucketeers are the Manafortes and the guys with all the money, all okay. for none and none for all. The fuckaloos are the propagandists and this sort of this uh, subterranean <laughs> network of uh, of operatives, right, that rely on the fucketeers to to give them money and the oligarchs to give them money, and um, and there's a lot of very strange and odd intelligence in there. Mm. Um, uh, but they're they're really about doing the doing the Twitter, doing the Breitbart, doing the Instagram, running the propaganda machine, and they're looking for these culture warriors and culture martyrs, mm-hmm. um, you know, like the Covington Catholic uh, kid, and mm-hmm. and like Kyle Rittenhouse. So they wait for these things. No, to yeah, and I, I think bubble up. And then they jump on it and they weaponize it and they turn it into their shit that they can make money off of and grift off of, but also mm-hmm. keep the machine going. Narrative is funded by viewers like you. Support our independent journalism at patreon.com forward slash narrative. <laughs>